Welcome to the Experts Speak, a service of the Florida Psychiatric Society. I'm Abby Strauss, and thanks for listening. There is a wide sense that if someone needs psychotherapy, they should not expect it from a psychiatrist. This is not necessarily so. The training institutions are spending more and more time to ensure that their graduates have both the biological skills and the psychotherapeutic skills needed to treat their patients. Uma Suradavera is a associate program director for the University of Florida Department of Psychiatry, and one of her jobs is teaching psychotherapy to psychiatric residents. She kindly agreed to join us today to discuss this aspect of training. Thank you so much for being with us. It's my pleasure, Abby. What persuaded your program to begin to focus as much time and energy as you are doing on what has traditionally been called the talking cure. What aspect does this play in modern psychiatric training? That's a great question. Over the years, it's changed so much, the culture. Early on, psychotherapy was just a part of training and that was the treatment that people learned. Nowadays, there are many residents who are interested in learning how to do psychotherapy, and often the question that they ask is, is this a good therapy patient? What does it mean when a resident sees a non-therapy patient? Does that mean there is no psychotherapy being done? I mean, often we forget we cannot practice psychiatry without adding at least an element of psychotherapy, and that's what we are trying to teach the residents. From the moment the patient walks into the office, they start working on the case formulation. There are multiple phenomena going on, transference, counter-transference, and we work on helping the residents and learn it better. There are so many types of psychotherapy. A patient will go online and see that there's individual, there's group, marital, cognitive, dialectical, psychoanalytic, short-term, and so on and so on. How does a patient know where to go, and how does a resident know which one of these to give a particular patient? That's a big question, and I know, but I think it's important to give an outline of how to get started in this process. Yeah, there are indeed many different kinds of psychotherapies, and it's definitely not one size fits all. Most psychotherapists usually use a combination of styles, and they call it the eclectic approach. They mix techniques from different psychotherapy methods. A talented psychotherapist obviously has the ability to be flexible based on what the patient brings to the session, the dynamics of what's going on in their life, because obviously life doesn't stay the same. And a good therapist is constantly reevaluating how a patient is responding to therapy. So in between this fluidity of the life and so many different kinds of therapies, it is definitely complicated for the patient to get a good sense and then a resident to learn what is the best thing to do for the patient. So if we remove all these moving elements, simple way would be to choose the kind of psychotherapy that would be based on diagnostic disorders. For example, there's a lot of literature where they use cognitive behavioral therapy in people with anxiety, depression, eating disorders, phobias, insomnias, etc. Now, if someone's interested in a kind of psychotherapy where they can focus on the past and present thoughts, feelings in greater depth, and psychodynamic psychotherapy or psychoanalysis might be a better answer. Now, for the patients, it's a little bit harder to get into the details this way, but a more common method that the patients have been using is they look at a referral from a trusted internist or a family practitioner, and then they look up that professional. One thing that they can do is look at what that psychiatrist or psychotherapist expertise is 
look up online and then try to match it with the needs of the patient. Also, the most important thing would be sometimes it might be based on the patient's values, their culture, preferences, special sensitivity. And when a resident learns all these psychotherapies, also they will be focusing on similar aspects, trying to individualize the therapy to their patient. That's so very important, and I think perhaps it's not emphasized enough. I was fortunate enough sometime earlier to interview for the same podcast two psychiatrists from Arab countries, and we talked about the approach to psychotherapy, and I was amazed at how and intrigued and, and satisfied, actually, that they had to modify it a little bit, and there is a cultural component. I think one of the problems that a lot of people get confused, I sometimes get confused, is that we use as the gold standard the Freudian model, that there's deep inside us unresolved conflicts and the like, and that's where we have to go. But that's not a fair, that's not a fair description of all that psychotherapy entails. So when someone comes to your clinic, you must obviously look at the cultural issues. I'm, I'm, I know I'm talking in circles here, but I think it's so critically important. That's true. Do your residents, do they have to be taught it? Is there a sense of it? Can, can you tell me how you go through the process of emphasizing the, the cultural background importance? We always make it a point to teach them early on. When they come in in their first year, they are not, obviously they're not experts in psychotherapy, but being aware of the culture, looking at the patient as a complete person given the sociocultural context and looking at the dynamics around is something they learn early on. And as they learn more and more about psychotherapy, the different modalities, we make sure that they don't forget that case formulation has to include the cultural aspects of the patient. Because it might actually, one might actually have to change the kind of psychotherapy that they do based on some of the cultural aspects. Oh, that's very critical. Again, when I was in training in New York City, though we weren't supposed to advertise it, we had different inpatient units based on the history of the patient, where they came from. So the very sweet, depressed lady with the Lower East Side mentality who immigrated here from Eastern Europe was very different than the person who was a drug addict, and, and we had to recognize that. Yes, absolutely. So psychotherapy... Does it have an end point? Is it one of those things that you go into therapy on and on and on and on? Is there an end point to it? How do you know when you're done? <laughs> yes and no. If the patient has a clearly defined goal for psychotherapy, well, that will be a good end point. But, uh, I mean, this varies from person to person, situation to situation. If there are no clearly defined issues, then the time frame varies because some people seek psychotherapy to understand themselves better to learn how to deal with difficult situations. For someone with chronic illness, they might have problems dealing with situations for much longer. So this might warrant psychotherapy for much longer time. And unfortunately, in this day and age, one of the, uh, let's not forget another important external barrier, like the cost and the insurance changes extra. Do many people go into the traditional Freudian psychoanalytic model where they see the patient four or five times a week, or is, is that a very small segment right now? Um, 
lot of residents. I'm going to talk in, from a training director sure. perspective. A lot of residents, when they come in, they want to use that model. They want to learn how to do more psychoanalysis, more psychodynamic psychotherapy. They want to learn more about it, and they want to use it. But unfortunately, I notice a change as they go into the second and third years because the changing healthcare industry does not help, and the shorter visit, the pressure of electronic medical records, required documentation for reimbursement, and even the changing expectations from patients. Somewhere, they lose some of that interest in psychoanalysis as a pure form of psychotherapy, but they still enjoy it. I agree with you. I think many of my colleagues who do therapy enjoy it. It's a fascinating look into the other dimensions of a person's life. Yeah. It's delightful. Yeah. And it's very intriguing for them. They love doing it, but then they come back to reality. Is what it feels like just watching them from an outside perspective. Is psychotherapy or should psychotherapy be combined with the use of psychiatric medications? That's generally such a, and it's a powerful tool in our profession. I'm glad we have it. But is there an assumption that medications and therapy can coexist? Yes. I mean, literature shows that psychotherapy and the effects of pharmacotherapy are mostly independent from each other, but both of them contribute significantly to the effects of the combined treatment. So we do have research that shows combined treatment is much more effective uh, as opposed to treatment with either of them alone in some disorders, like depression, panic disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder. But on the other hand, I will say this, there are some situations where psychotherapy might actually play a bigger and better role in improvement of symptoms like mild depression. There are situations where psychotherapy would definitely be a lot more beneficial. So it raises the question, and this is not going to be easy to answer, I would assume, but I'll ask it anyway. How does psychotherapy work? What does it do? There has been literature to show that psychotherapy is quite successful all by itself. Do we yeah. know how it works? Do we know, is it a biological process ultimately? Is it purely cognitive and psychological? Do we have any sense of how it works? Definitely. I mean, other than the cognitive and the emotional aspect of learning that takes place, there is significant neuroimaging studies that looked at both the use of psychotropic medications and psychotherapy by itself. And what they have noticed is medications, while they act directly on that emotional or limbic network, the psychotherapies primarily target more the frontal part of the brain. They increase the inhibitory executive function of the brain. There's a lot of studies that show the neuroscientific changes, I mean, the biological changes that do happen in the brain when psychotherapy is the only modality of treatment. What effect, what benefit perhaps, is there for psychotherapy in someone who has a thought disorder, a psychosis? Is there any role for therapy in someone with that? diagnosis? Yes. There's definitely a huge role. Earlier, we used to think that uh, psychotherapy is more useful for patients with neurosis, but there is literature that shows cognitive behavioral therapy and cognitive enhancement therapy work well for patients with psychosis. We also have 
psychotherapies like social skills training and even family education that are more effective for patients with psychosis. And there are some of the studies that do use psychodynamic psychotherapy for patients with psychosis, and it works. When people go to groups like Alcohol Anonymous, there's a lot of catharsis that can occur there, a lot of insight. Would you consider that a variant of psychotherapy, or am I being too liberal with the term? Uh, yes. Support groups like, I mean, Alcoholics Anonymous and all these, they are self-help groups. They're different than actual therapy groups, but they do have thoughts. They have times when they incorporate elements of something like cognitive behavioral therapy or group therapy because they have similar concepts like self-disclosure, mutual support, etc. The features of an AA meeting makes it an ideal adjunct to therapy itself. But it's definitely very important that the person doing psychotherapy knows that the patient is going to AA meetings because sometimes they might have opposite goals. First step of AA meeting is admitting to being powerless over alcohol. But in psychotherapy, we are always trying to help the patient feel more empowered and having that sense of self-esteem, etc. So they work together. AA has some elements of therapy that we commonly use, but they're not exactly the same. One of the things that has repeatedly struck me over the years of doing this is that sometimes when I am doing more of a psychotherapy approach than a medication approach, I feel like I'm just teaching people how to think differently about life, how to put things in perspective. And that may sound a little simplistic at one level, but it's really part of the therapy. It's not necessarily insight per se, but it's just cognitive restructuring, which can be equally beneficial. Again, do you get involved in teaching this with your residents to your students? Because to me, it's, it's a very important aspect of psychotherapy. But again, it's not insight-oriented psychodynamic psychotherapy. Well, maybe it is a little bit. It's the overlaps that I'm actually trying to bring to the question here. Would you call that more of a counseling, more of an education, more of a psychotherapy. I realize I'm, I'm playing with words here, but there, it seems like there's a substantive difference. Do you agree? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I totally get it. I, there is always an educational process that goes on in psychotherapy. That's just the nature of psychotherapy. Not working on developing an insight does not mean you're not doing any education. I mean, that doesn't mean it's just purely educational. Because the way I look at it, even when you're doing insight-oriented psychotherapy, psychodynamic psychotherapy, we are helping the person learn about themselves. Like you were mentioning, how they fit in with the rest of the world, their skills, their wants, needs, pleasures, etc. And unless they learn all of this, and unless we help them learn all of it, all of this, they won't be able to know what needs to change, what is working and what is bothering them and how they can change it. There's definitely an educational component that does go into psychotherapy. And sometimes patients play more of a passive role where they're just listening and sometimes a little bit more of an active role. Uh, again, that's how I look at it. There's always an educational part to it. That's critical, and I think very often we underplay that aspect of it. So on the whole, when you're training your residents, and I know they are extremely busy people, but 
How often are they involved in doing psychotherapy formally? Do you have a pure psychotherapy clinic in your program, or is it just all mixed together in the normal meeting of the patients? In our residency training, we made it a point to have a pure psychotherapy clinic also, along with the residents can pick some of the patients any given day of the week and say, this is a patient I'm going to do just psychotherapy with. And that's something that they have an option. And one afternoon in the week, they have a pure psychotherapy clinic. We have different faculty as experts in different modalities, psychotherapeutic modalities. We have a CBT expert. We have a psychodynamic psychotherapy expert. And every time they think this patient is going to benefit more from psychodynamic psychotherapy, then they go to that particular mentor or faculty and work with that person and learn more about psychodynamic psychotherapy, similarly cognitive behavioral therapy. The rest of the days of the week, whoever they supervise the patients with, they go with the therapeutic aspects and they learn how to do psychotherapy. All of us teach them elements of cognitive behavioral therapy, psychodynamic psychotherapy, insight-oriented. So we do go through all of this on a regular basis. And we also have didactics, lectures, purely designed for psychotherapy. This is wonderful. I'm delighted to hear it. And I think many people need to know that though they go to a psychiatrist and perhaps it's just primarily medication, if they feel the need to talk, they should ask the doctor. And if insurance allows it and scheduled allow it, as you referred to just a few minutes ago, it should be pursued because it, in, in my editorial on this is that medications are great, but when you combine it with good psychotherapy, it, it's better. It's just better. It's, it's, it is. It does not operate in a vacuum apart from medication. It does. It is what we do every day when interacting with patients. This is the sort of material that people need to hear in the general perspective and that psychiatry is not moving just to medications but is still including the rest of a person's life. Thank you very much for being part of this. You really touched on the subjects that we, we need you, to Abby. bring. Thank you, Thank you. I really appreciate this opportunity.